Exactly. Uh, I'm sorry, what? Yeah. You saying what? Say it again? What you going, girl, you can't even stand up. Like, come on, man. Nah, come on. No, you know what? See, this is why I got a podcast for. This is why I got a podcast. Why I have a voice. I got this nice, expensive as equipment. I'm going to talk about this before I get into this nonsense tonight. Before anybody even makes a comment. Let me read this motherfucking spiel real quick. I'm offended. I have a, I should be offended, right? For the very reason you just said, I'd have said, well, what, what's up? What could I, I can't. Come on, man. That PC shit. Yo, before I get into the nonsense tonight, yo, Super Sly 75 Morningstar Show, www.onthewakeofradio.com, 24-7-365. Replays can always be found on SoundCloud, Stitcher, Google, Apple Podcasts, iTunes, Spotify, iHeartRadio, Google Play, and Anchor for the replays. Like, I'm I'm kind of like heated right now. I'm offended. Okay, I'm offended. Offend, offended is, is, is appropriate, yes? Okay, okay, see, that's why I don't, I don't talk to you, because you be you're a woman, and y'all always covering for each other. So, let me, um, who doesn't know I'm married? Who doesn't know? Okay, well, if they don't know by now, it's, I don't, I don't know what to tell you. Too overlay, no, I don't want to do that, what are you, what are you doing, Ecam? All right, what's happening? What's happening? Everybody, all right? Uh, no, it's not even that. It's, it's, I, I, I'm just trying to understand. Okay, everybody. So everybody come on in, find your seats. Cause I, I, I have an, uh, an epiphany. No, it's not even an epiphany. What I, I have a quandary that I need you guys' help on because my wife is, she sucks. Cause she's she's a woman, and y'all know how y'all women do, y'all PC together, okay? Nah, it's all good. Yo, Kevin Norris, where you been, bro? Since I'm not on Instagram, people uh, miss you. But I'm still putting people on Instagram. Ah, oh, that's what's up. I appreciate that, bro. Thank you, bro. Yeah. Hey. Um. Damn. Yeah, he got rid of the IG. That's I understand. IG is the baby devil. Yo, Lord Bell. Hey, everybody. I have a question. I, I have a quandary. I'm going to be respectful because at one point this person was close to me. Okay. And my wife is no good with this. Like I said, the majority of you women, y'all Voltron, even when the heifer is caught red handed on tape on several different videos, different viewpoints with the money in hand, with the blood on the money in her hand, with the blood on the money in her hand on her hand on her face with the gun with the blood with the money in her hand on what <laughs> yeah before i get into this deep dive tonight i, I have a question family i need i need y'all's help okay okay damn don't y'all you rushing me you just want to see the motherfucking comments. That's what that is. Wait, I want to find a better spot for these comments to be highlighted. No, we'll just leave it up there. Boop. All right. So here's my quandary, people. Don't come at us like that. Listen. Everybody know 
when it's when there's a slight inkling that the girls might be in trouble that she might be found guilty uh-uh that's not how it's supposed to go no that's not what she meant to do she meant to stab you in the side not in the heart she wasn't trying to kill you okay she took you to the hospital didn't she <laughs> exactly didn't she stay by your side weren't you there when you woke up out of the coma <laughs> all right here we go here's my quandary before we get into this horrific uh elizabeth santos deep dive now here's my quandary okay now you know i have a lot of exes a lot of exes it's not to be bragging but i you know when i close my eyes sly had a good run sly had a very very good run okay good run so this one particular ex it's one of that it's one of those high school you know um almost a high school college freshman sophomore sweetheart thing right me and this me and this woman go back what how old am i again 40 30 years 30 and that's and i'm i'm fudging the numbers because actually more than that but me and this particular woman go back 30 years legit 30 years right woman used to harass me and hound me and stalk me right um so without getting away too much okay so we went through the high school college thing and then did the adult thing and then you know she didn't want to pursue because you know whatever the case may be okay so now mind you i have not dealt with it how long has it been now is that really like what it's been 10 years We'll say t it's been 10 years since I've like actually dealt with this woman, like on some, any type of physical, emotional level, probably even more than that. Okay. But we've always been cool. We've always been cool. It's always been cordial, always been respectful. You know, there's never, there's no beef, no, no bad blood, nothing like that. It's just, you know, people grow apart for whatever reasons. Okay. All right. So she recently was afflicted with a medical condition. Okay. She was recently afflicted with a medical condition. Right. And then when I found out about it, I said, oh shit, that's fucked up. Yo, you know, till I said, Hey, you know, prayers up, whatever the case may be, you know, it's like, damn. Right. Cause she's younger than me. Okay. So, and then I get a, then this year in January of this year, I get this long ass Instagram message, right. From her. And my, I had to fight back my first initial reaction. My first initial reaction was, why the fuck are you texting me this? Like, what the fuck do you, that's, this is in my head. This is what I was going to, I had to fight myself from typing. Like I had to stop myself from typing. I had to read it three times. Cause I'm like, what is her angle? Like you got these dudes that you said you were engaged to why are you texting me like i haven't talked to you like that on that level in in a decade so you know what i'm saying i'm like yo what the fuck like for real like of all people me like stop right so i i, I respond some nice old sweet message because i don't want to be a complete asshole am i an asshole Am I a genuinely bad person? Because I'm like, what, what? So had you not 
come down with your medical affliction, you would not be trying to see how I'm doing. That's some bullshit. Stop. Had, no, no, here's my question, y'all. Had this woman not come down with her medical, medical affliction, she would not be trying to reach out to me on IG saying, you know, God was in her heart. Where's the fucking message at? Let me, let me, let me pull the bullshit up. See now, cause once again, my wife is taking her, doing what the wives do, doing what wives do. Here you go. Here you go. This was January 26. Now, mind you, I, I have not talked to this woman like on some real deep shit in over 10 years. Now, once again, no bad blood, no beef. You know, if she wanted to give me the pussy, I probably was, I still probably would have taken the pussy if she, if she gave it to me. That's how cool we, you know, we, we are, were, whatever. Okay. But it's been 10 years, right? 10 years, you know, I got this knucklehead and, 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 you know what I'm saying? So here we go. You ready? Now, once again, no diss, no bad blood, no beef. I want y'all to, to tell me, am I an asshole for thinking the way I initially think and still to, partially to this day right now. Okay. This is back in January, this is January, January 22nd it says, Hey, Sil, how are you? I've been trying to get in touch with you for a year and a half. Now, mind you, hear me out. I've had the same phone number for 20 years. I've had the same phone number for 20 years. Okay. If I wanted to be Hollywood, I'd have been Hollywood 20 years ago. Same phone number 20 for 20 years. That's no cap. Okay. Okay. I've been trying to get in touch with you for a year and a half. I had a massive stroke in December, 2019, but by the grace of God, I am still alive. I still can't walk. But I know that God will, in his timing, heal me. You had fallen on my heart when I was in the hospital, and I've been trying to reach you ever since. I called your mom. I'm not sure if she told you. Anyway, it's good to see that you're doing well. Call me if you ever get time. I know that you're a very busy man these days. Have a blessed day. What was wrong with that? You want to know what was wrong with that? You want to know what was wrong with that? So once again, my question is, has she not come down with her medical affliction? Would, would, wait, 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 what is, what's the term? What's the term? I want to get it right. I want to get it right. Would I had fallen on her heart? Would I, has she not? had the medical affliction what I had fallen on her heart I haven't we have not had anything significant to talk about in over 10 years okay 10 that's and I'm being general with the numbers it's it's been longer but I'm just giving y'all context so I literally had to fight myself from responding with some snide snarky ass smart ass comment because i'm like who me i almost wanted i almost responded i'm the wrong person you can't be talking to me you don't mean me 
I don't mean nothing to you. Right? You mean to tell me of all the people that came across your mind while you're in the hospital, I was one of them. Okay. 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 So then I think what a month later, we do the proverbial a nice, nice, nice text. I, and I, the whole time I'm just like, why am I even wasting my, why, why am I doing this? I don't, uh, you know, so am I a bad person for thinking this way? Am I a bad person, y'all? Am I a bad person? Let me, let me acknowledge all the people's in the room. <laughs> Go text them. <laughs> Oh my gosh. <laughs> Go text about the niggas. No, you're not an asshole. Okay. 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 Chef says, I feel bad for my ex because of her problems with mental health, but I can't give support to an ex. When I'm with the new girl, new set, man, shh, bruh, bruh. Oh, you walked into a, 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 a flying Betty, Nick. You walked into a, a bobbing Betty. Okay. So I'm not a bad person. Girl by goat. Oh no, no, no. Can't put, I can't do that. No, Angela. No, no. Okay, it's not about jealousy. My missus wouldn't get jealous. It's just personal morals. I don't affiliate with exes. They're exes for a reason, right? They're exes for a reason. Why did it take her a year and a half to re well, I, I would assume because, you know, stroke recoveries, guys. It's, it's a, take, it takes a minute, you know? I'll, I'll concede that point, right? I'll concede that point. She up to no good? Ain't that high, Beto? Bruh, and then, and then, and then let me just say this, right? Um, I, I used to, you know, like I wanted to be, I tried to get back with her like just many, many, many times. Like I spent a few years trying to win her back, you know, a few years, right? And, um, <laughs> so no, I'm, I'm really flabbergasted. I'm like, what is her angle? I'm like, what's the angle? This nigga. God damn it. <laughs> nah, she wasn't thinking about him. Nah, hell no. Nah, hell no. Nah. Oh shit. Sounds like some Nigerian scheme to get money. Y'all just y'all hell out here in these streets. I told her to go text another niggas. <laughs> Nick, I, I I'm telling you. Cause let 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 her tell it. I'm a bad I'm a bad person for, for thinking like this. I had to pull the reins back in my responses. See, okay, so I'm not crazy for, for thinking this way. Listen, here's the thing. Well, you're a bad person by default. That's so fucked up. I, I don't know what she thinks we could do for each other outside of text here and there, like you know, you, you weren't concerned all these years prior, you know, like it, it, no, like, nah, 
I don't, I don't understand that. I don't. I don't. Okay, so I'm not a bad person. I almost, I, I almost was like, damn, am I really that bad? Like, yeah, 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 yeah. Okay, okay. Okay, so we're good, we're good. I actually respect my relationship by being honest. Um, a lot of uh, lost art. Yeah, X be trying to then the rollerblade back into the DMs. <laughs> Big Pontiac in the house. Say what? Shut up. Yes, I do. Anywho, okay, okay. I was what? Oh, okay. Are you Okay, are you done now? Now can I do my thing? Medical bills ain't no Hey, listen, I can't, I, I can't, I can't, I still don't understand, like, you know, like I'm here, you're way cross country, you know, I, did you forget all those years I tried to, you know, woo you back. I mean, I don't know, man. I, yeah, I, I felt the way. It's like, yo, this is really like, nah, this is, we're not, we're not cool like that. But I just want to make sure I, did, I just want a confirmation to make sure that I, I'm not, my way of thinking isn't out of the norm. So we're good. Okay. Let's get into Elizabeth Santos, this deep dive. Now the brother of Elizabeth Santos reached out to me via email. He asked, Hey, how, what, how can we, how can we, how can I help or get this story more traction? I just told him, I said, hashtags will not do it. I said, you need bigger platforms to pick up the story and hopefully put pressure on the DA and the sheriff or the, the commissioner in, in, in Alaska or in Anchorage rather. So I said, and I invited him. I said, Hey, if you, you want to speak, about it you were more than welcome to come on my platform um he sent me this video this deep dive video that somebody did so we're gonna kind of go over it um i just want to say that while this is not her fault at all women y'all cannot keep going through life with blinders on i don't why do y'all I get it. Most people don't think bad things will happen to them because, because for the most part, bad things don't happen to every day or people every day per se. But this notion that women can just live life willy nilly and not have to occasionally turn around and watch their backs or makes no sense. Like we had the sister that pretty much, you know, Kezia, she blocked me on Instagram and Twitter when she came across my videos. Now when this woman has had, she has a way more followers than me on YouTube. She blocked me on YouTube too. And she lit, you know, free willy nilly type. And then it almost got her jammed up. And then she tried to, and when the, when the, the local authority said, there's no case because he didn't enter your home because she didn't do her due diligence. You know, she got mad because no one, no one got arrested per se. He just got a summons to go to court. So he's not gonna do any jail time. So when you point these things out to women, they get upset. Don't be mad at me. 
But see, as men, it is our duty to uh, know these things because it impacts not only other people's lives around us, but our lives as well. So uh, this story is, it makes no sense. Clearly it's a cover up without question. But once again, ladies, <laughs> I, I, don't, I don't know if y'all realize the climate you guys are in but the climate that you guys are in no longer affords you the luxury of living life willy-nilly this climate does not no longer afford you the luxury of not practicing and learning about situational awareness you're going to make it harder and harder and harder for people to want to help you and have sympathy for you and empathy for you when it, when you time and time again fail to prepare or do little things that could have that could have shifted or directed the 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 potential calamity that's a that's that's falling upon you. Once again, I'm not blaming the victim or victims, but let's not act like just a, a spoonful or a smidgen of situational awareness could have changed something. Okay, so. <clears throat> let's get into this deep dive video um we're gonna discover it together i've only watched half of it but i i, I wanted to watch it together with all of us so we can all kind of get a real-time feel because given what i've reported there's so much more that um that was kind of left out um the sister the, the petition org that change org that's not gonna do anything let's be honest you, you're gonna need some heavyweights to put pressure on these people in Anchorage. And, and I think once again, uh, as people were telling me that people think Anchorage, Alaska is nice and safe. There's an underbelly to every place, every place, every city town has an underbelly and you don't want to get caught up in that underbelly. God forbid. Okay. There's an ugly side, uh, to Anchorage, Alaska. All right. So, we're going to do this. We're going to go over this together. We're going to, we're going to ask questions and scratch our heads and ponder what could have, should have, would have happened. All right. Okay. So I'm, I'm looking forward to you guys' comments on this as we explore this together. So let me pull this bad boy up real quick. <clears throat> okay. It is 33 minutes long. And uh, we're going to pretty much spend the majority of this stream just go, going over this deep dive video. Um, the channel, let me pull it up. Wait a minute, where are we at? Okay. The channel's creator is called, it's called um, Justice for Elizabeth Santos. It only has 27 subscribers. Okay. So once again, unfortunately, we have another sister for whatever reason is no longer here with us due to forces at work forces against her once again possible lack of situational awareness but like i said i'm not here to disparage this this lady clearly she was done wrong um clearly she did not stab herself 10 times so let's get into this y'all ready here we go elizabeth's family and their supporters of the petition on change.org have received some pushback and questions regarding the specifics of the events that happened the morning of Elizabeth's fatal stabbing. The following is a more detailed summary of the events mentioned in the previous video. 
and why the family is so desperate for justice following the improper investigation by the Anchorage Police Department in Anchorage, Alaska, and the handling of the case. All of this information stems from documented reports. The Fight The fight between Lizette Hogland Hall and Elizabeth Santos began at around 6 a.m. on the morning of August 8, 2020. Lizette admits to losing the fight and falling hard on the first floor of her home as a result of the altercation. Afterward, Lizette says that she and her adult son, Desmond Marcus Hall, ran upstairs to the second level of the home to hide in a bathroom to call 911. During her interrogation, Lizette claims that Elizabeth was unharmed and uninjured prior to the arrival of the patrol officers. Okay, now, Lizette, um, they already said in the narrative, they already framed the narrative as she's this big brooding, you know, hulking black woman that just beats up on everybody in the house. So they're already framing the narrative. So once again, black women, everybody uh, has, has drunk, has drunken or drinking the Kool-Aid of the, of the aggressive, um, you know, hyper masculine, super strong, hulked out black woman. Everybody believes or everybody uses this narrative against you. Okay. So God forbid, if you're a black woman and you beat up some, some, some light skin or some European looking person, they're going to frame the narrative as you as this big brooding, you're the she Hulk and you beat up everybody, including grown men, because you like, you like seeing yourself on, on, on camera fighting grown men and sometimes knocking out grown men. So you revel in that. And the media says, you know what? We're going to go with it. And then regular people use that against you if shit goes left. But okay. Wait. God damn it, Nick. It's too early for this. It's too early for this nonsense. The arrival of the cops. According to the police report, APD patrol officers Yoon and Estrella arrived on the scene at the residence of Lizette Hogland Hall at approximately 6.16 a.m. Once on the scene... Both patrol officers seemed confused about the circumstance as Elizabeth was incoherent, moving erratically, had occasionally slurred speech, was mumbling, was unable to stand, and was unable to tell the officers exactly about what happened to her. Okay, now, before we get into her injuries, this sounds like she was drugged. Okay, it sounds like she was drugged. Um, we don't know about toxicology report, but initially it just sounds like she was drugged and she tried to fight everybody off, whatever the case may be. So let's continue. The officers assumed the behavior probably stemmed from something she consumed. They noted that Elizabeth was dressed only in an open robe on the staircase. The officers claimed that Elizabeth's wounds didn't seem serious, although documentation shows that the robe she was wearing was saturated in blood. Elizabeth appeared to be losing consciousness as time passed but she was able to mumble a few words and even spell out her first name when the officers continued to ask her what happened. Now, now, what you're hearing is the actual recording body cam of her trying to speak. This is creepy as fuck, so let's continue. The officers made note of injuries, such as bruising and scratches on Lizette's face that stemmed from her recent fight with Elizabeth. Now, y'all take a look at the complexion of this woman. 
Okay, maybe she's Inuit or Eskimo, whatever. This is Anchorage, Alaska, people. Okay, so yeah, just just keep in mind who the the so-called victim is, or take note of the, of the complexion of the victim. The officers mentioned how the surroundings were messy, with knocked-over plants. Officer Estrella mentions how at one point she saw Lizette wipe up some of Elizabeth's blood that was on the floor. Also, Lizette whispered to the officer that it was Elizabeth who supposedly caused much of the mess around her house. At 6.42 a.m., Elizabeth was handcuffed. Relax, relax, relax. Now, now, mind y'all, before we even get into her 10 stab wounds, they're handcuffing her. Okay. Just mind you, she has 10 stab wounds and they're already handcuffing her. Okay. Now it's, it's not, it's not unnormal to see officers when they engage somebody with, with firearms, the person gets shot, they still get handcuffed. So this is not out of the ordinary, unfortunately, but you know, stab victims is, you know, I, I get easily triggered when it comes to stabbing. So let's go. Now you heard somebody say, Elizabeth, shut up. Okay. That's insult. That's, that's added insult to injury. Okay. And then also they never established what they were fighting at fighting over at six in the morning. Who the hell's having a knockdown drag out fight for their lives at six in the morning, but let's continue. Okay. We're just going to walk down the stairs. Now, what you hear is her struggling and fighting as they're walking down the stairs. You clearly hear the cop say, ma'am, stop. Okay. Now, mind you, she's incoherent. She's not in her right state of mind. She's badly injured and people, and she's handcuffed and she, okay. So you can understand partially what uh, Elizabeth, her, 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 her mind state is. It's not, it's not a good, she's not in a good place at all. Come on, we're trying to help you. Yeah. We're trying to help you. At 6.46 a.m., the paramedics arrived, and Elizabeth was taken into the ambulance. The arrival of the paramedics at this time was corroborated by a neighbor later in the day during a neighborhood canvas. The neighbor across the street woke up and saw the ambulance outside of her window. Another neighbor mentioned seeing Elizabeth being wheeled out and placed into the ambulance a few moments later. Somebody's dead. We're not sure what the circumstances are. We're investigating that. Well, I... My phone rang at, and got me out at 6.30, that time things were going on. Uh -huh. And I always look out when I get up and saw the two police cars out here. Now, this is from the neighbor's perspective. This is what they're seeing outside their homes. Uh -huh. And about that time, the ambulance came around the corner, and I went to my other bedroom to see how far it went, and it stopped by their house. Okay. Obviously. And I just stood there and watched to see what was going on and saw him bring up somebody out on the gurney and the cops came back. 
The ambulance report mentions Elizabeth's last words were the name of the hospital she wanted to go to before permanently losing consciousness. At 7.20 a.m., Elizabeth went into cardiac arrest. The paramedics began transport to the hospital at 7.23 a.m. Well, now, now, if you remember the time they initially pulled in, it was like 6.30 and some change, and they're just now leaving. It's after 7, okay? The cops left the scene without taking Lizette Hogland Hall and her son, Desmond Hall, into police custody. Nobody went to jail. So the only two suspects were left alone and unsupervised at an active crime scene and with Elizabeth's iPhone that Lizette somehow was able to unlock. The ambulance made it to the hospital by 7.36 a.m., where Elizabeth was rushed into emergency surgery. Reports mention that the surgeons were very perplexed about the situation and the extent of the injuries, especially when it came to how Elizabeth could have lost so much blood. Originally, the hospital was going on the narrative provided by Lizette, but the doctors could tell that the story wasn't adding up. Now, why would the hospital officials go by um, a witness or a potential witness or a potential aggressor uh, statement regards in regards to the physical condition of the patient, right? That's the EMT's job. The medical, the, the ambulance, the, those, that's the EMT's job to supply the report, to note all the wounds, the injuries. You usually radio that shit in. Like, hey, we got a stab victim, 10 puncture wounds, losing blood, blah, 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 blah. They radio that shit in. So by the time you get there, they already know what to do. So that, that made no sense. Why are you taking a witness statement of what happened to the patient? But the, so many levels of corruption and just, um, just, oh, this is bad all the way around. The APD was called by the hospital at 7.50 a.m. and informed them that Elizabeth had multiple stab wounds to her legs and abdomen and was in critical condition. At 7.56 a.m., the same two patrol officers, Yoon and Estrella, were dispatched and told to return back to the scene in order to take Lazette and Desmond into custody. So now let's get over, let's go over this statement real quick. Um, Ewan and Australia were called back to the residence at approximately 7.56, uh, cross-reference incident number 196. The hospital found multiple stab wounds to Elizabeth's stomachs and le stomach and legs. She was having surgery. They detained, handcuffed, and transported Lizette and Desmond to AP APD uh, HQ. Detective Bell interviewed Desmond in room number three. I interviewed Lizette in room number one. Lizette had some bruising and swelling on her right cheek and temple. She had a small scratch on the right side of her upper lip and on the left side of her lower lip there was a small scratch on her right nostril she had some skin flaking off on her right cheek she had she had pain on her right elbow and left side of her head she did not have any visible blood on her hands clothes or body she was wearing a dark gray long sleeve sweat uh, shirt dark gray sweatpants and black crocs so whatever injury she had basically would be like if you're stabbing somebody the first thing the person probably would do is like push you off with their face uh, or go for your face and like to push you off of them. You know what I'm saying? So um, clearly uh, she got the better of this, of this incident. There was no body cam footage. So not even the interrogating officer was able to determine whether or not Lizette and Desmond changed their clothing before the patrol officers returned to the scene. The cops return. Between the departure of the two patrol officers and the time of their eventual return, at approximately 8.20 a.m., almost one hour had passed. 
Lizette later admitted to making multiple phone calls during this period, the last of which was to Elizabeth's sister, Nikki, down in Miami, from Elizabeth's iPhone. When answering the phone, Nikki thought it was Elizabeth calling, so was quite surprised to hear a belligerent woman yelling, Your sister Elizabeth owes me money. She has some holes in her. Your sister owes me money. The paramedic. Your sister owes me money and has holes in her. Wow. Medics left with her a while ago. She has holes in her. Elizabeth owes me some money. Wait, now the cops are back. This was how the family first found out about the overall situation. With Nikki still on the phone, the patrol officers returned to Lizette's home. They knocked on the door and explained to Lizette that Elizabeth was in emergency surgery and was not doing well. The officers informed Lizette that both she and her son Desmond would have to be taken down to the APD police station to give statements about what really happened. Now, now mind you, just statements. They're not being placed under arrest for suspicion or for assault, uh, bodily harm. None of these charges. They're just me merely taken down for questioning. Okay? <laughs> Jeez. The report mentions that both Lizette and her son Desmond were handcuffed, but video and audio evidence shows otherwise. Now, once again, notice the complexion of these two people. Okay. This is in Anchorage, Alaska. All right. Okay. And, I, and before we continue, I just want to give a shout out to uh, Justice for Elizabeth Santos, the channel. Uh, this person did just a th stupid, thorough um, deep dive on this because I there's no way I was going to put this much time and effort into it. So shout out to this guy. Lizette and Desmond were driven to the police station in separate cars and interviewed in separate rooms upon a... Wait, wait, wait. We got, we got problems in the chat? Wait, wait. What, what happened? What happened? What? Why? Why is Tony... Time, what the... Arrival. Wait a minute. Hold up. Y'all, come on, man. Don't do this. I thought he had a wrench already. I thought he, I thought he, I thought I made my mind already. Okay, we gonna fix that. Yo, chill in the fucking chats, man. Like, what the fuck? The police station. Beginning at 10.30 a.m., Lizette was interviewed by Officer Jason DeVille. During her statement, Lizette made claims that Elizabeth had been acting odd the past few days while staying with her. She told the interviewing officer the outlandish story about the fight, 
running to hide and call 911 with her son, and then seeing Elizabeth's injuries for the first time when the patrol officers arrived on the scene. Lazette later described the fight with Elizabeth in more detail to Officer DeVille. And I, I just started like saying, Desmond, call 911, call 911, and I ran upstairs. Where was Desmond at? Is he I, upstairs or downstairs? He was, he was downstairs, but I don't know if he was in the bathroom or in his bedroom. So I, downstairs? Yes, okay. he was downstairs. And so I ran upstairs. So wait a minute, so I just want to go back, I'm kind of like a detail-oriented guy. So as you're on your back and she's trying to claw you, bite you, how are you defending yourself? I'm just kind of like blocking. So you have your hands in front of your face yeah, right now. Yeah, I'm like hands blocking, up just blocking. Like, yeah. All right, so she's already framed a narrative that she is that Elizabeth was the aggressor and she was on top of this. Sounds like uh, that uh, that Trayvon Martin shit. Because <laughs> remember when Trayvon got the best of uh, of the dude and started whooping on him, but basically, okay, anywho, okay, just blocking. And then does she eventually stop? Um, no, I mean, I guess not I, only because I like got away from her How did you and ran get away upstairs. From her? Like I just kind of like scooted my way and ran upstairs and called, I told my son, call 911. And then, um, he brought his phone. I didn't even call. Wait, so you have a, a fairly healthy, physically, a healthy young man, son, who's in the prime of his physical life. And he doesn't hear all this and he doesn't run to help or, you know, I'm just, we're just poking holes in her story. That's all. From my own phone, I, I, my son, I thought maybe my son called, but instead he brought his phone upstairs and he and I hid and, um, where'd you hide at? In my bedroom, we locked the door. And so her physically peaked out son, right? You saw how tall, you saw how tall he was. So your your physically your physically fit son, right, in his peak of his physical life, you and him hide from this brooding, hulking monster of a black woman in the bedroom. Okay. Okay. And we so my bathroom has two doors. Mm -hmm. It goes like this, two doors. And she's like banging on the doors. So you're in the bathroom? No, it's it's connected. The bathroom is connected to the to my bedroom. So you're hiding in your bedroom with the doors locked. Okay. Me and my son are both in the bedroom with the doors locked, okay. and we hear her in the kitchen. We hear her out there saying stuff, moaning, what is she saying? moaning. It sounds like it's not really like you can hear it. It's more like a <laughs> so it's like. I, that's my best impression. I okay. Don't, I, I don't. How long were you guys in there? Until the police came. Until we heard the doorbell. And who answered the door? I did. I ran downstairs. So somehow she's able to run out of the bedroom, down the stairs to get the cops while this woman is. Okay. I'm just. Just one context. That's all. So you did? Yeah. Where was, uh... Desmond? No, where was, uh... Tara. Elizabeth. Oh, yeah. Her middle name is Tara. Sorry. That's what right. we call her. Tara. Yeah. So where was Elizabeth? She was upstairs. Um... So you had, to, you, you had to actually have to pass her in order to go? No. 
Exactly. Did you have to pass her on the way out down the stairs to the door? No, I didn't. I, Did you see I, her? I didn't. I, she was somewhere. So there's the living room and there's the kitchen. And there's like, I, I just knew that I got to get the, the, the police in there. And so I, I think I just went like, I don't really recall seeing her. I, okay. she, I know she was upstairs though. I know she was because I could hear her the whole time. It was just like um, the the whole like trying to get in, trying to get mm -hmm. back in each of the doors, trying to get in, and 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 we were like, I was like, don't. Is she banging on the doors, trying to open it, the doors? It door? felt like she was about to bust open the doors, right? Okay, so it, was it like loud bangs trying to get in? Yeah, like like boom, boom. Okay, so everything about her story is, is BS. We agree, but let's let the narrative play out. Once again, ladies, um, everyone is in agreement that when shit goes left for you guys, they're going to always portray you as the, the She-Hulk that you like to be portrayed as sometimes. I'm just saying. Lizette claims that Elizabeth had been banging and screaming at her locked bedroom door at the time of the 911 call, but none of these described noises could be heard in the background during the 911 call. Lizette further describes how Elizabeth had no injuries prior to the arrival of the patrol officers. All right, she lets back up. So when Elizabeth comes back inside the house, you go downstairs, you see her. Yeah, she's Is she screaming. injured at all? No. No, she has no injuries? No. Okay, so during this whole fight, uh, you're basically trying to just block. You're able to slip upstairs. You and Desmond go upstairs. You hide in your room. I didn't. Did you see her again? I did not see her until the cops got there uh -huh. with all that that stuff, that blood and stuff. Okay, so you don't know how she that got all that? That did not. That did not happen until after I called 911. Because when I was in the hallway and she was standing there, and then she was like, so you gotta go to the hospital. And she was like, okay. There was nothing. Lizette then describes to Officer DeVille the main knife that Elizabeth supposedly used to stab herself repeatedly and where it may be located. Now here's where all the fuck shit begins to, to come in with the, regarding the knife. Happened, I'm like, you know, I. And she's like, you know, I'm really sorry. In fact, when they came to the door and knocked on the door, I'm like, Nikki, the police are here. You know, and I, and then she's like, then that so, starts to freak her out. So wait, like, wait, 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 wait. So did you, was this the first time you called? So when you called the police the first time, whose phone were you on? Desmond's. I only called the police one time. Oh, okay. But no. when you're calling Nikki, then you said the police are at my door again? Yeah, they came back. Oh, okay, so they came so back. So they came back. And so I'm like, the police are back here again. And so she said, well, you know, it freaks her out. She's like, wait a minute. What's, what, is she okay? Is she okay? I'm like, I don't, I don't know. Yeah. You know, she just got taken to the hospital. Just, you know, I'm, okay. I don't even know. So were you able to clean up your house at all? No. No. Did you? Only, 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 uh, the only thing I had cleaned up while, and it was in front of the police officer mm -hmm. too, was the blood, the little blood that she had left in two spots because I was upstairs, like, oh my downstairs. God, that's going to stink. Upstairs, no. Okay, so now what, what we want to know is where did, why was there so much blood, right? Because we want to get to that part because I want to hear her. Now, mind you, I had stopped listening to this 10 minutes ago prior. So I'm listening to this with you guys first time fresh through, okay? So I, I want to hear her explanation for the blood. Upstairs? Upstairs. Okay. It was just two spots. Okay, did you see anything? You said when you came out, you saw blood and stuff did you see anything in your house that 
might have caused that? Any type of object? I saw a knife. Okay, so you did. She saw a knife. See a knife? But I didn't. I didn't do anything because I was too busy on the phone. Okay, where was the knife? Upstairs in the living room. Where at? Um, next to the couch. I want to say. Okay, now, what do you see here? Okay, that's a placard. That is to indicate um, shell casings, weapons, things of that of that nature. Anything that's deemed a weapon used in a crime scene. These this helps the cops, the crime scene investigators, um, mark uh, certain objects. Now, this is the knife that was apparently used. Where's there? There's no blood on this knife. Okay, first thing you notice, there's no blood. There's no blood surrounding the knife on the on the carpet. None of that. Okay, a bloody knife. If you've been privileged enough to see and be around a bloody knife, there's blood wherever you put the knife. There's going to be some blood somewhere. Okay, even on the on the knife itself. So let's continue. The um the long one, not the not the love seat. Next to the long couch on the floor. Not a speck of blood on this knife. If this was a knife used in question, but mind you, this is a crime scene placard. So that indicates this was a knife at the crime scene, okay? Or on it, uh, I, somewhere around there. I don't, I, I, I know I saw a knife and I was like, that must have been what she was doing. Did you, you know? when, when you looked at the knife, did you see any blood or anything on it? No, I, I didn't really look at it that closely. I was too busy like telling her boyfriend, like, what am I supposed to do with this dog? I didn't sign up for, you know, uh, what type of knife is this? It's just like a, it's either a steak knife or it was like a, the next size up. Like, you know, like it's one or the other. Like so you're saying a steak, did it, when you, when you saw the knife, is it your knife? You it think? is my knife, but you know, like there's a steak knife mm -hmm. or there's one that's like a little bit larger, larger, or it's one of the two. I don't know which one it was. I didn't, I honestly didn't, uh, I mean, I saw it and I knew that she, that was what she was probably using, but I didn't, okay. I um, didn't think it was. What color is the handle? It's gray and black. So gray and black handle? Yes. Okay. And a silver blade? Yes. Okay. At 10.33 a.m., over in the next interrogation room, Desmond Hall was being interviewed by Detective Bell. Detective Bell explains to Desmond that Elizabeth's injuries are very serious and that the situation has escalated. Bell explains to him that he and his mother, Lizette, are the only witnesses that could explain what happened to Elizabeth. So she's got some injuries. Um, she's at the hospital. And so th things kind of changed from when the police first got there to, to now. And she has some pretty serious injuries. So, yeah, so that's why we got called. That's why it's making a little bit bigger deal than what it originally saw. And it may very, be, very well be an explanation for it. You know, but we are, that's what we have to try to figure out because we can't talk to her right now. She's in surgery. Okay. All right. And so that's why you guys are here. You guys are the only ones <laughs> that could provide any information because she can't talk right now. All right. Now, here's the overall arc theme of this entire story. Now, mind you, in the initial report um, that from the sister, from the petition.org um, petition, um, these two people are friends with Elizabeth's ex-boyfriend, okay? These two people, the mother and the son, are friends 
with the guy Elizabeth just dumped days prior coming up here to Anchorage to get away and to clear her head and, and help get over her breakup. Okay. I want everybody to remember that part. If it doesn't get mentioned throughout here, remember that part. That's why she's in Anchorage to begin with, to help her get over her breakup of her ex that these two people are cool with. All right. I don't believe in coincidences, but let's continue. She may, when we can't talk to her, she may clear it all up, but okay. until then, you guys are all we have. All right. Rather than explaining what happened, Desmond asks for an attorney and to date has never made an official statement on what happened. At 12.48 p.m., Officer DeVille returned to Lisette's interrogation room and informs her of Elizabeth's death at the hospital. Keep in mind that previously, Lisette said that Elizabeth was uninjured prior to the arrival of the patrol officers. But Lisette's story changes once she learns about the death. Okay, even if Lisette said this woman was uninjured, how come the two um, officers on the scene, uh, Estrella and, and Luna or whatever, how come they didn't note her injuries? Okay. Once again, if you're a cop, you're dealing with a fight, there's blood. Usually they're putting on gloves themselves to not get blood on them, right? They handle you a little bit different when it comes to, to victims with blood. So how come the cops didn't notice or make a report? Hey, this woman is injured. She's got a multiple stab. Listen, if you stabbed, you stabbed. Okay, you don't, you, you're not going to miss it. You're not going to oversee it. You're not going to casually just like, oh, stab wound. You, you know what I'm saying? Like, <laughs> okay, wait a minute. You know what? Before I continue, hold up. Okay, wait a minute. Let me, let me get the super chat real quick before we move on. Okay. Hi, honey. All right, let's continue. Desmond and I were, were hiding in the room. I said, she, I saw blood, but we were hiding. We, I couldn't have my son and I out there. Like, so I, was this after the police came or right before? I called you guys yeah, you after all, us. well, after this happened. And then I heard her in the kitchen. Mm -hmm. And then I, I, I heard moaning and I heard the talking and stuff, but... I, I, I just, I was like, baby, we're staying in here till, till the cops come. The, I don't, I, I, I heard her banging, like I told you, it was like, she was like, uh, uh, on my doors. But I was like, no, no, like, I was like, even like, up until they rang the door, I was like, I mean, I, I, I had the door locked, but it still, I didn't want her to like. Okay, none of what she says makes any goddamn sense, clearly. Clearly. Push in through the door. They're not that sturdy at So I just. <laughs> at 2.17 p.m., when a search warrant had been issued and fingerprints, clothing, photos, and DNA swaps were being taken from Desmond and Lizette, Officer DeVille receives a call from crime scene investigators at Lizette's residence. Officer DeVille informs them of the knife that Lizette described and where it may be according to her story. Now, mind you, DeVille is a detective. Now, we'll, we'll, we, may, we need to make an, a distinction between officer and detective. DeVille is a detective. Okay? He's a detective. If I had the, the uh, motherfucking uh, sound effect that Mr. Palmer uses, I'd have 
push that button. Dun dun. That shit, okay? Detective. What's up? No. No, they do not. The knife involved is most likely it's inside, and we think it's inside the residence. Upstairs. By the, either on the long couch, it's like a large, or it's like a steak knife or a little bit larger with like maybe a gray and black handle or something. Now, now listen, um, if you get poked with that, that's going to hurt. Okay. You get poked with this thing a few times, it's going to hurt and you're going to leak. All right. You, you get hit with this a couple times, there's no fight left in you. Okay. You get hit with this two or three times, the fight is over. I guarantee it. Okay. It should be the same knives that are in the kitchen. It's the same. Uh... Yeah, where are you guys at right now? Okay. Yeah, so that is where the knife should be. Because that's the only knife that, as far as the, uh, our implanted flesh When she walked out and everyone was gone, she actually saw a knife by the long couch and went to upstairs. It's like a steak knife, maybe. Alright, anything else? Later that afternoon, both Lizette and Desmond were freed from police custody, despite Lizette's felonious criminal history, which contains violent assaults. They were let go. Neither Lizette Hogland Hall nor her son Desmond Hall were ever charged. Inconsistent stories and versions of the events. Following the day of Elizabeth's death, strange stories began to arise that were previously never heard before, including a story from her ex-boyfriend in which she had supposedly handled a knife while having an altercation with him. However, her ex-boyfriend's own sister commented that his memory can't necessarily be trusted. Since okay, so let's read what this statement says. 2130 hours, I was contacted by dispatch. They told me that Katie Kerpius was frantically trying to get a hold of me about Santos's death. I contacted Katie using my work cell phone while I was at home. The conversation was not recorded. Uh, contact with Katie Kerpius was not recorded. Katie was very upset because she had just heard about Santos. She said that her brother Dustin is the ex. Dustin Kerpius is the ex. Uh, has and is very forgetful. Katie wanted to know what happened to Santos. I told her that I couldn't discuss the details of the case with her because she was not the next of kin for Santos. I told her that the APD was investigating Santos' death as a suspicious as a suspicious death, Katie wanted to know when the details of this case would go public. I told her that I suspected that most of the de details would not be public. Okay. Since he is very forgetful as a result of his epilepsy and occasional seizures. Lizette claims that Elizabeth had been acting erratic in the days leading up to her death. But various friends of Elizabeth, including the ones mentioned in the police reports, dispute this. Okay, Deanna said that she she's known Santos for six years, the whole time she's worked with her at whatever job. Uh, Deanna said that Santos is the nicest, most poised and under control person she's ever met. Deanna has never seen any of the behaviors that Hoglin described to her about Santos. Deanna said that she knows that Santos was taking Adderall for ADHD and possibly an antidepressant. Deanna did not see any change in behavior from Santos in the days leading up to her death. Deanna said that she did notice Santos may have had a small piece of sadness about her but could describe why she felt that way it was vibe deanna has never known santos to use any illegal drugs okay 
So the narrative again, not only are black women, you, you guys are walking around like she hulks. Most of you are, and are on some type of antipsychotic or antidepressant medication. That's a deadly combination in anybody's eyes. If they wanted to frame a, a narrative of sorts, I'm just speculating, but I can see where this is going. Let's continue. They all describe her as nonviolent and a non-drug user. They all said that Elizabeth was in a good mood and behaving normally. They all described Lizette's description of Elizabeth as completely out of character. One friend in particular last saw Elizabeth six days earlier, but mentioned that Elizabeth called her the day before her death. She said they were planning a girl's trip, and that Elizabeth said that she was fine and in a good place, despite the recent breakup. The same friend said that Elizabeth commented that she felt safe because her ex-boyfriend didn't know where she was. I, I just like... Okay. Or did he know? Or did he know? Now, mind you, they are cool with her ex. You have a bad breakup. Old girl comes to your crib in, in Anchorage. Why wouldn't he know where she's at? Right? I'm just saying. Let's continue. Because her ex-boyfriend didn't know where she was. I, I just, like, I'm dumbfounded. I don't understand how something like this could happen. Yeah, I don't know. I mean, you know, we we see bizarre things, and I'm sure you've heard lots of stories. And so, I mean, there's lots of, and, and sometimes we don't get all the questions answered just because we we didn't witness it, and we don't know what. I don't want to like, like I said, I don't want to make it sound like. I will say this, like honestly, my what what she told me was that she was scared of her boyfriend. Okay. Now, I apologize. The audio is low. I got to turn it all the way up. It's the recording. It's not me. Okay. Um, now, here we go. Abusive boyfriend. She's scared to leave. She finally gets her chance to leave. She goes to her homies in, in Anchorage that just so happened to be cool with the ex, the crazy ex abusive boyfriend. Okay. Let's continue. But she was scared that, like, he was going to, like, um shoot her or something if she went and got her stuff but that she didn't think he knew where he, she was and like um i don't think he did and so like you know from what i've heard from other people like he you know they she loved been, each other and like um, yeah so that's what i'm starting to think is that like maybe she was just like starting to get freaked out or something the day after elizabeth's death lizette began to tell people that elizabeth had slit her own throat and that she watched Elizabeth stab her. Did y'all what? <laughs> Wait a minute. Wait a minute. Let's run this back. Oh, this is so disrespectful. This is so disrespectful. After Elizabeth's death, Lizette began to tell people that Elizabeth had slit her own throat and that she watched Elizabeth stab herself repeatedly. Another friend mentions the last time he spoke to and heard from Elizabeth. I Okay, I identify my myself to the person who answered this number. He told me his name was Jermaine, told me that he received a call from Santos at about 2.30 on August 8th, said he didn't answer the phone because he was watching a movie and figured he'd talk to her later. Feels bad now that he didn't answer the phone. Said he hadn't seen Santos since July 24th. He works with her at wherever they work at. Said he texted with Santos several days prior to her death and she had broken up with her boyfriend and she seemed afraid of him. 
this person has no knowledge of Santos using any drugs. Also heard that Santos stabbed herself and cut her throat. I can't remember whether she was texting with you or calling with you or both. So both, both. How 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 long before uh, the eighth on Saturday? So she called me uh, that morning. It was the last time, and I I I've been kicking myself in the ass, sir, because she called me at two thirty in the morning uh, that everything happened. And I didn't answer the phone because I figured at the time. Uh, I was watching a fucking movie, man. Excuse my language. Uh, yeah. I was watching the movie. I figured I could just talk to her later, so I didn't fucking pick up the Yeah, I'm sorry. I, yeah, I, and I don't like. I said I'm sorry about that. I know that she was also reaching out to um, another gentleman that works at the Cody. Yeah. And so she was trying to call she tried to call Cody a bunch of times and tried to call you and so I guess I'm just trying to figure out if you can help me understand and her family understand what when you when was the last time you spoke with her or saw her prior to that? So I saw her the last I saw her was on the twenty fourth. Okay. Uh, that was the last day I worked and then I seen her because I ended up catching COVID. Um so she had called me a few more times. That just checked and called and text was texting on, uh, texting with me, checking on me that I had COVID. Mm-hmm. Um, that week, though, I talked to her a couple of days prior to her death, and uh, she was telling me she had just broke up with her boyfriend. She was kind of worried about that guy. Detective Bell also asks him about the type of behavior that Lizette, aka Kiki described seeing okay so what you have is two conflicting sides or two opposing sides one side that knows her says she's been cool been chill those the last people that seen her said she was acting erratic and out of sorts so clearly it's a it's a you know it's a for or against situation she, she was very nervous but happy that she had broke up with Betsy. Uh, she was kind of worried that he might pop up at, at uh, Kiki's place or whatever like that, but nothing that indicated that she was going to go ahead and supposedly stab herself, and I do say supposedly stab herself in the abdomen and neck. Mm-hmm. So don't believe everything you're hearing on your... It sounds like you guys have some kind of text thing going on or something, and I can tell you that everything you're hearing in, in your text is not correct. Okay, so even the cop has to say, this isn't bullshit without saying this is some bullshit before we continue a banks thank you brother for the yeah uh, super chat oh shit wrong button my bad so even the cop has to kill the narrative that she stabbed herself in the neck and 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 slit her own throat and stabbed it, it, wow you, when, you know it's bad when the cop has to say that's not what happened okay without saying that's what happened let's continue Thank you, sir. Okay, I I, and I can't and I can't talk to you because you're not next to Ken specifically. No, I, I, I understand. But I, I, but I do want. I mean I, that that all all that information is some of it's correct, but not all of it's correct. And and you know I wasn't there, uh, and nobody was there to to actually witness exactly what was happening. And so right. yes, we don't really know what happened. But um, and that's why I'm investigating and trying just to figure out what her uh, her state of mind might have been. And and you know because what. Uh, is explaining is uh it's very very uh very far out 
random acting right. behavior. So, have you ever known? Sure. Have you ever known Miss Santos to use any type of drug besides uh, prescription or marijuana, anything like that, hallucinogenic no, mushrooms or anything? No, no, sir. Okay. No, sir. I haven't known her to do that. No. Any? And did she I seem? Kept hearing something about. I kept hearing something about she was off her. So I kept hearing about. Yeah. Know, I don't. I don't know if she was taking any other prescription meds, and I don't even know the help with depression or anything like that. Yeah. Uh, that doesn't even sound right to me. So. Okay. <laughs> All right. Well, I appreciate it, and I'm sorry to bother you at your gym, and I know that's this upsetting. No, you're, you're fine, boss. All right. I've been wondering what's been going on about this anyway because nobody's talking about it. So. Yeah, you know, and I, it took us to this point. I had to get into her break. We had to break into her cell phone. To, and usually cell phones are, are everybody's, you know, you and I's life, so we can figure out exactly what people, what's happening in people. Okay, so the cell phone, clearly, yeah, 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 but they never addressed why Elizabeth or wait a minute no lizette they never addressed why lizette was calling people from Santa elizabeth santos's phone so now maybe they'll address it in the next 10 minutes of this uh story uh but they've never addressed why she was calling people from the dead woman's phone okay keep that in mind as well those lives and uh, unfortunately all i can really figure out in her phone is that evening is she just seemed to be all during the night trying to call uh there's three or four people yeah so anyhow i appreciate it and uh, um i appreciate your time and thank you for for talking to me all right sir detective bell called another friend that elizabeth tried to contact a couple of hours before the stabbing he says he slept with his phone on silent and woke up to nine missed calls from her Detective Bell also asked for his perspective. That's just what they said. They said that she was like stabbed in the abdomen and then in the neck, and they said it, they thought it was suicide. But I mean, that was well. Don't believe. Okay, before I, before I continue with this, this interrogation, so this statement reads: I contacted the number I located on Santos's cell phone. Uh, she attempted to call uh, this person nine uh, multiple times throughout the early mornings of uh, August 8th during the time that Hogland described that Santos was not sleeping. Okay, the male identified himself as Cody, told me that he worked at the place and that that's how he knew Santos, told me that he woke up in the morning of 8.08 uh, with about nine missed calls from Santos, said that he had no idea why Santos was trying to get a hold of him. So now, the question is, was Elizabeth trying to call everybody to give everybody a heads up like shit's going left just in case something happens to me before it actually went left i, I will never know i guess right leave everything you hear in that that's i can tell you that that information some of it's not true well yeah and that's what i thought i was like that seems kind of weird yeah weird way to do that and yet another close associate of elizabeth was contacted as well to gain some additional perspective on the situation okay before I get into this interview, a shout out to Carrie, a great journal, investigative journalist, my brother. Thank you. Thank you, sis. Yeah, everything about this case stinks to high heaven. Everything, everybody involved needs their asses whooped. They need to be stabbed in the gut. You know what I'm saying? So uh, we're going to continue with this sad, sad, tragic cover up. 
Any any uh, suspicion that you would have of her using any type of drugs besides prescription drugs? Um, just uh, marijuana. Okay, which is legal. So nothing else. Yeah. No, nope, nothing that I'm aware of. I'm assuming you've heard at least something. You've heard that she's deceased, right? Yeah. Yes, I have. What have you heard? Um, my my ex called me. Uh, she had heard uh, something from one of her friends that she had stabbed herself. Okay. All right. Did you... Yeah. All I know is she had uh, recently broke up with her boyfriend and moved out. Yeah. Okay. And she was out in the. She lived out with him in the valley for quite some time. Okay. Let me stop this here. Now, here's a question I have to ask for, of everybody. How does the word get out from Anchorage to all of her people in Florida that she cut her throat. Now they did say, um, uh, Lizette was telling people that she had slit her own throat. So was Lizette cool with Elizabeth's people to the point where she could text everybody say, well, this is what happened. She cut her own throat. She stabbed herself. Okay. That's the only way I could under, I could see everybody, all of her friends getting the same narrative. They believe that she stabbed herself and slit her own throat. It would have to come from Lizette some way, somehow. Okay? All right, just keep that in mind. Mm-hmm. Okay. Since the release of the previous video and petition, more people have contacted the family to inform them of additional versions of events they had heard from Lizette, including one where the fight supposedly began outside in a truck. And there it is there. And another, in which the police arrived on the scene seeing Elizabeth holding a bloody knife while it was still inside her abdominal region. In one version of Lizette's account of events, she told people that it was an adolescent child who was home with her during the fight when she ran to hide in the bathroom to call 911, not an adult son. In another version, Lizette said that Elizabeth was taken out of her home and placed in a squad car, not in an ambulance. Interestingly, during the police canvas, a neighbor mentioned witnessing a disturbance at Lizette's house two nights earlier in which a woman matching Lizette's description chased out a man with a truck from the residence. After much delay, Elizabeth's iPhone was eventually released to the family by the Anchorage Police Department. Okay, so let's read this statement a little while later during our canvas of the neighborhood. We were flagged down by who and who, such and such who also lives at on the same block of Rovina Street. She reported that she had witnessed a disturbance at the address on Ravina Street two days prior at about four o'clock. She stated that a man in a truck had come over to the house, gone inside, and then came back out shortly afterwards. He said that a very angry woman followed him out of the residence and was yelling obscenities at him. She stated that the woman chased the man's vehicle on foot as he drove away and threw one of her slippers at him. She described the woman as a white female with dark skin in her mid-30s, about 5'7 and a little heavy set. She said that the woman was dressed in an evening gown with slippers. This is Lizette. So two days prior to uh, Elizabeth coming to hang out, why is this, why is Elizabeth cool with a woman like this? I, I, that's, now once again, before I go on my little tangent, this is the question I must ask. What kind of, the people you surround yourself with, the people you call friends, the people that know you the most. So it seems to me that the people that uh, Elizabeth knew in my in Florida vastly differ from this woman, Lizette. They're like not even in the same social class. So why is Elizabeth 
cool with a, a woman like Lizette. Now the, 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 the mitigating factor is Dustin or Dusty. So it seems to me that this upwardly mobile young black woman was dealing with a, a, a European pookie. And European pookies come from European pookie families, right? Okay, I don't want to lose anybody. So there's no way a woman like this should be cool with a woman like Lizette. There's no way. Because once again, her friends in Florida versus Lizette, vastly polar opposites. Okay, I'm just situational awareness people, but let's continue. In January of 2021. Since the creation of the online petition, additional pushback has come from another so-called friend of Elizabeth that strongly supports the suicide narrative on social media. This same friend told the family in the days following Elizabeth's death that she was on the phone with Lizette during the incident and that Elizabeth did not do this to herself. This same so-called friend had also recently claimed that she was speaking to Elizabeth at 3 a.m. on the day of the incident. After reviewing call logs, we see that that same so-called friend never spoke to Elizabeth that day. All texts sent by Elizabeth that day appeared to be normal, including a text sent around 2 a.m. that night to a friend telling him that she was outside walking her dog. Elizabeth was listening to music and ordering items off of Amazon in the hours before her stabbing. Also within her iPhone is a picture text message conversation with another friend, with Elizabeth mentioning that she was moving a lot of clothing around in Lizette's home because she was helping Lizette clean up her untidy home. Oddly, around 3 a.m., Elizabeth also called and repeatedly texted her ex-boyfriend, begging him to answer the phone. Much resistance has come from the head of the APD's homicide division and her superior officers who insist that the blood-soaked robe that Elizabeth was wearing was actually sweat, despite reports mentioning that it was heavily saturated in blood. Okay, blood and sweat are two different chemical compositions, fluids. Uh, you, this is... Okay, all right, let's go. More questions than answers. This case was suspended and closed in October of 2020. The head of the homicide division, Bianca Cross, stated that there were no signs of a struggle and that they have no suspects. No bloody knife was ever recovered from the scene. At one point in the report, it's mentioned that Elizabeth was outside screaming something about murder. The case was never ruled a homicide, and contrary to popular belief, it was never ruled a suicide either. The clothing, DNA, and fingerprint evidence that was collected by the APD from the suspects on the day of the assault was never analyzed. Wow. Wow. Okay. To date, the APD refuses to do so. In no way is this a desperate attempt by the family to save face in the name of Elizabeth's reputation. They are just left with more questions than answers. Like, who was the man seen leaving Lizette's residence two nights earlier in a truck? Why do local journalists in Alaska refuse to write or report this story, despite being contacted and informed about it time and time again? Why not process the DNA evidence? Why not classify it as a suicide? Why has Lizette's story changed around so much? If she has been so inconsistent and dishonest about all of this, 
How can we trust her account of events that took place before the stabbing and arrival of the patrol officers? What was Elizabeth given? Okay, I get all that. I get all that. But you got to put heat on those on on, on the on the first scene, the officers on the on the, that that arrive on, on the scene first. I mean, it's to me it starts there. I mean, I mean, okay, so many this this thing goes to all levels of just all types of firewalls has been broken. Um, yeah, it, for me, it's the it's the first responding officers on the scene that uh, are the most is the most glaring thing to me. That's just me though. Okay. What did Desmond witness or do before the arrival of the patrol officers? And finally, it's evident that there was a fight between Lizette and Elizabeth in which Elizabeth was winning. But who wins a fight then decides to kill themselves shortly after, especially in that manner? APD case number 20-24631. All right, that's the, that's the official case number. If you want to go look it up yourself... If you want to help spread the word and help this family, you know, get some measure of justice. Um, I, I know it's slowly kind of picking up steam on YouTube, but you're going to need a little bit more than YouTube to kind of get this, this, the wheels of justice up there to begin to spin again. So that was the deep dive, uh, excellent coverage from, um, that Elizabeth Santos channel. Don't know who the, the young man is, but, uh, kudos to him. He, he put in the work. So um, I'm just doing my little part to help spread awareness. But at the end of the day, ladies, situational awareness is key. And also, also who you choose to date and mate. Because apparently Dusty is a, is a European pookie. And, you know... And then you shouldn't have dealing with a woman like that to begin with. I, I listen, I, I don't know what to tell y'all. So, um, yeah, an hour and a half. I think I've pretty much, you know, laid out the case. It's, it's bullshit from top to bottom. Everybody should be held accountable. But until, um, you know, the family starts coming out. And I told the dude in the email, I said, look, y'all going to have to come out and start talking to people interviewing and, and telling the story asking youtubers to to push the video is not going to get the job done you know i know the star report has picked up on the story he may go over it um but at, at some point the family of of elizabeth santos you, you guys are going to have to come out and get on these platforms and start saying something because if it's not important enough for you to say something why should the rest of us give a fuck respectfully we see dead black women all day every day at the hands of other races of men we report these stories and guess what we move on to the next story so if y'all really want to see this thing through if you're prepared for the long haul y'all gonna have to get out here in front of these people in these cameras and 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 get at us youtubers and content creators and get this story back up and running that's all i'm saying no shade no dish but that's what it's going to take if you're not willing to do that, the bare minimum, then why should we give a fuck? Collectively, respectively. So with that being said, I'm going to get out of here. Um, thank everybody for the time and energy.
Thank you for everybody that donated. Uh, you know, if this case resonates with, with you, look up the case number, you know, share the video. I'll leave it up. It will not go to Patreon. That's kind of counterintuitive. Uh, other content creators, if you, if you see this, take it, share it, whatever the case may be. Spread the word. Y'all have a good night. Peace.